so I had the interview. I had the interview. Okay. And I think all my listeners know what this is going to be. Okay. Now, the interview was for a company called Spirit Airlines. And it was, to be quite honest with you, it was the first major interview I've ever had in my life. And that's kind of sad to say, being that I'm 28 years old. You would have expected some kind of legitimate interview to have happened before this, but it never has. I mean, I've interviewed at um, Chick-fil-A before. I've interviewed at, uh, let's see, what else? Um, I interviewed at a school in um, China, but like at these interviews, I go in dressed in my street clothes, no shame about it. Uh, They ask me a few questions. It's really nothing. And you get the job. But this interview for Spirit, oh, it was intense. I mean, let me just start out by saying the interview process, it personally took me about mm, uh, 12 and a half hours, I would say. But it took some of the other people even longer than that, probably mm, 14 hours. And I know what you're thinking. How the F does an interview take that long? Um, and I was wondering the same thing. And, and like throughout the day, I was like, dude, this, cause, okay, here's the thing. The interview technically started at seven. The interview was in Chicago, by the way, which I'll be honest with you. I drove a car there. It was about 11 to 12 hours drive. I mean, it was big time. So if I had gone all this way and effed up something, oh, that was going to suck. But anyway, you get there, and um, there must it was in like a hotel, um, like a, I don't know, like a really nice hotel near the airport where they would rent out like, you know, some of the ballrooms and crap like that and whatever. So I arrived there at like 5.40, 5.45 maybe, and there was already, I think there was about 100 people already there. Um, and the first person apparently showed up at like 3.30, Good gosh, they wanted this job. Uh, And the interview started at 7. So that person was there for three and a half hours. Uh, Good gosh, dude. It's spirit. It's not NASA. Okay? Calm down. But anyway, we're in the line. And one thing I heard was at these interviews for the, um, the flight attendant jobs... You always want to be socializing with somebody. You always want to look like you hit it off with people and you work well with people. So that was something that was in the back of my head the whole time. So I got there and, you know, I just jumped in the line and I was looking around, you know, checking out the other people, seeing who my competition was and noticed that there was a lot of gay guys there. Now, that wasn't surprising for me at all. Tons of black people. I would say it was majority black. And uh, a fair amount of older people, too, which was shocking. I'd say 20% probably were older. Uh, Maybe not 20. No, probably 10% were older. Like, when I say older, I'm talking 45, 50, 55. I saw someone as old as 60. Um, So pretty surprising. But uh, the demographics look decent, you know, whatever. 
People were dressed really nice, you know, the whole shebang. So I'm behind this girl, and I was like, oh, I better start up a conversation because I don't want to be the guy that's sitting here while, you know, the, the, the people hiring you are walking by, and I'm just awkwardly sitting there. So I strike up a conversation with the girl in front of me. Now, she's a bit of a heavy set girl. Uh, she's about the same. I think she was like 26. She was from New York. Um, she was currently working for an airline, but as like a baggage claim person or whatever. I don't know. And, uh, yeah, we start talking. Eh, she's pretty easy to talk to, so it was nice. And, uh, you know, uh, you, you would notice some people there that just weren't talking. And it's like, you might want to start up in some conversation. Uh, because this doesn't look good. And it sucks that that's the way it is. But it's it's the way it is. So I'm talking. And I had heard some rumors about this interview before going into it. I heard from a friend that before the interview starts, they uh, they make everybody dance. Or they have, like, upbeat energy, music, whatever, and a lot of people are dancing. And, like, obviously, nobody wants to do that. Uh, I'm sure a few gays might want to do it. Um, and some people that go to clubs a lot want to do it. I don't know. But no normal person wants to do it. So I talked to this girl. I was like, hey, you know, I heard we might have to dance. I was like, to be completely honest, what are your thoughts on that? And she was like, oh, well, me... Uh, yeah, I don't want to do it. And I was like, okay, but would you do it? And she's like, oh, I would do it for a job. Yeah, I'd dance. I was like, okay. And I pretty much felt the same way about it. Um, I mean, it's worth a job. If, if I have to dance a little bit, I mean, yeah, it's humiliating and nobody should have to do that. But I mean, a job's a job. What are you going to do? But um, anyway, so the, the line starts, okay? And... I'll start out rough. I'll be real with you. Because the interview, they said, started when we were in that line. Oh, we're looking at y'all. We're always looking at y'all. So I check in. And I'm like, okay, yeah, my name's blah, blah, Here's my ID. And I give her my passport. And they're like, all right. All right, here you go. And they give me like a paper or whatever, something to show that I'm registered, my name tag. And then immediately I walk off. And the woman's like, hold up, hold up. Don't forget this. And she hands me my passport. And it's like, oh, God. You know, when you're in these little interviews, you you think every little thing you do, they're, they're really paying attention to it. So for me, I was like, gosh, that's a sign that I'm a forgetful person. Oh, that's not good. So I was like, fuck, I'm already off to a week start. And it just started. So then I, uh, I go into the room and there's a crap ton of seats. I think there's probably about 400 people there. And they do have the high-energy music, and there are people dancing, okay? There are people dancing. And I was like, oh, here we go. So I sit down, and I'm sitting next to this uh, black guy who's, like, really, really gay. And he, oh, boy, worst person you could have possibly sat next to. Um, Sometimes at these interviews, from what I hear... You have people that try to, like, stand out. And the way they try to stand out is by being, like, over the top about everything. And that's what this guy was. Like, he refused to sit in his seat. He just kept standing up the whole time. It was, like, dancing, singing to the songs and crap. And, you know, there's certain social situations that just suck 
like really sucked to be in. And this was one of them because I was sitting next to this guy. And when you're sitting next to somebody who's standing and not just standing, but standing and dancing and singing, well, there's there's a few socially normal things that you almost have to, you have to conform to. Okay. Thing number one, if you choose to look ahead or like turn your head away from the guy, it makes it seem like you are being a douche to the guy by being like, okay, dude, yeah, okay, I'm not even going to look at you, I'm not going to acknowledge that you're there, blah, 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 whatever. So going that route looks a bit rough, but then the other route you can go is the the pity laugh route, where you like look up every few seconds, smile at him, maybe giggle a little bit, give him a little pity laugh or something, act like you're into what he's doing, even though you effing hate what he's doing. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of the route I went. And it gets so tiring, dude. Like, here's the thing. I got nothing against gay people, whatever. They're gay. I mean, I disagree with the action of, like, getting sexual with another guy or whatever. But just the actual gay person in general. Like, uh, I had a gay professor in a... my junior college I went to during summer school. And uh, he was great. Freaking loved the guy. The guy was great. And the reason the guy was great is because he wasn't, like, in your face about anything. He wasn't striving to get attention. And he wasn't over the top with everything. This guy that I was sitting next to, good gosh, dude. And this happens sometimes with gay people. This is probably my biggest issue with gay people. Is they are freaking attention whores like beyond attention whores to the level where it's just you cannot be around them because every two seconds they're saying something or they're doing something like for example this guy was doing the dancing doing the singing and then he started talking about uh see that guy over there uh yeah today in dunkin donuts he like creepily came it's like f you for saying creepily he creepily came up behind me and was like, hey, hey, what's up? What's your name? And I was like, huh, no, thank you. And then I grabbed my donuts and I got out of there. It's like, uh, no, thank you, sir. Not in the mood for that. It's 530 in the morning. Please leave me up. It's like, uh-huh. who gives an F about you getting hit on? Nobody cares about it. Nobody cares. But guess what? I have to act like I care. Otherwise, I look like I'm a douche who hates gay people. So I got to act like I'm interested in your stupid little story. But I don't give an F about it. And nobody does. So shut your mouth. Okay? I would have never, never said that about a girl that was at the thing that tried to hit on me. I would have never told anybody about that. Why? Because nobody needs to know about it. Nobody. Keep it to yourself, you attention whore. And then they did this thing where they were like, the leaders of the thing were like, all right, this side of the room, who wants to be a flight attendant? And everybody's like, woo! And they go ham. And I was obviously in the group where this guy was in, and you better believe I was going ham when they said, who wants to be a flight attendant? Which, by the way, let me just clarify this real quick. I was kind of not dancing, but kind of like, you know, 
little bit like with the rhythm, you know, clapping my hands with the rhythm, singing along a little bit, had a smile on my face, just to show that, you know, I can be fun. I can be fun, guys. I'm a fun guy. But uh, so I was kind of, you know, trying to be engaged, but I wasn't going super him, and I definitely was not dancing. But, you know, our crowd goes, we, we want to be flight attendants. And then they're like, all right, everybody over here, who wants to be a flight attendant? And when that side of the room did it, of course, the guy next to me has to get attention. So when they get done, he's like, hey, that's cute. That's cute. I see y'all over there. That's cute. Uh-huh. Y'all real cute over there. It's like, ah, dude, oh, my gosh. Do you not get enough attention in your daily life? Like, dude, chill the F out. Not to mention, he wasn't even dressed that well. I mean, come on, man. You're at an interview. Wear a suit. He wasn't even wearing a suit. He's wearing a button-up and slacks. Uh, I don't even think he had a tie on. But uh, so that was my first impression of the interview. You know, I felt the inter- energy. I saw the, what they were going for, whatever. So that was kind of like stage one. They gave you a presentation about the airline, this, that, the other, whatever. Uh, and then another annoying thing this guy was doing, the gay guy next to me. There was a black guy that was on the right of him, and I think he was straight. And, you know, good-looking guy. Um, younger, dressed well, you know, well put together. And uh, the guy kept saying, uh, the gay guy kept saying, oh, boy, I swear, you getting this job, big guy. You getting this job. Uh-huh. Oh, I can tell you that much right now. And uh, this is something that I also effing hate. When you're at a professional environment and you're trying to, like, show that you're attentive towards the person speaking and you care about them and you're interested and then you have some douchebag next to you constantly talking trying to like start up crap it's like dude shut your effing mouth i don't want to talk to you because if i talk to you that makes me look bad so will you please shut the f up good gosh so then like this guy had a yellow tie on and the spirit's colors are yellow and black and one of the main people that was like hosting the thing, they're like, oh, I see, I see some of y'all have some spirit colors. I, I, I like seeing that. That's really cool, blah, blah, blah. And then he was like, oh, shoot. Oh, shoot, man. You got a yellow tie. Oh, you definitely getting a job. Uh-huh. I, I already know you getting a job. It's like, Shh. oh, God. Like, I felt bad for that other guy because he had to be tied up with this moron freaking talking to him, make him look bad. It's just ridiculous, dude. And the gays will never stop doing this stuff. But anyway, so second second round of the interview, or really it's kind of the first round, it was a fishbowl question round. So what this is, is you would get in a line of people, and you would, when it's your turn, you go up, you grab a question out of a bowl, and you have to read the question in the class, and then answer the question. Now, I'd say there was between 80 and 100 people in this round, because they split you up in four groups. And uh, this, to me, was the most difficult part because you have no idea what your question is going to be. And the longer you take to think about answering it, the worse it's going to look. So you got to be real quick with your answer. So, yeah, I was a little scared during this one. And a lot of people, like, this is where you could really get your first hint of who's cut out for this job and who's good at, like, being socially acceptable or, or good at interacting, good at communicating, all this crap. Because some of these people go out there, man, they suck so bad. They speak real quiet with no confidence. And they just look like they're so nervous they're about to have a breakdown. It's like, dude, get your crap together. 
So yeah, you would have people freeze and be like, uh, I'm so sorry. I'm just so nervous. Oh my gosh. Uh, I, oh God, I'm so sorry. It's like, all right, well, get out. Uh, but it's weird though, because how that like, you know, about half the room got eliminated at that point after that round. And uh, like, I would see people who, there was a girl that went up there who looked like she was from South America, had a complete accent on her. And uh, she she goes up there and reads the question, and she can barely read the question. And I'm thinking, okay, there's no way she's making it past this round. And she makes it past the round. And I'm thinking, okay, she has a thick accent. She could barely read English. How the buck did she make it? And then I saw when people uh, saw that she met, they're like, oh, she was so cute up there. She was so cute. And she was cute. Like, her personality seemed cute, whatever. But it's like, dude, she can barely read. Uh, hold up. I'm doing a podcast in here. Um, anyway, sorry. I'm in a cabin, by the way. I don't, there's other people around. I don't have my traditional mic. Bear with me, guys. I get it. Uh, but yeah, so after that round, they call off a bunch of numbers. Everybody that gets their number called has to leave the room. Everybody that leaves the room is done and they have to go home. They're not getting the job. Uh, luckily, my number did not get called, so I did make it to round two. Now, round two was the face-to-face, and uh, what, what they do is they, they throw you in a, um, a big room. And while you're in the room, you're supposed to be, like, asking asking questions. Or it's just, like, general question time or whatever. And every now and then they'll call out numbers. And if your number gets called, you got to go uh, have the face-to-face interview. And good gosh, dude, this is another thing. Okay, here's my biggest issue with the whole interview process. Everybody there has to one-up everybody. And everybody there has to show that... Oh, I'm here. Don't forget that I'm here. You remember me? I asked that question. I'm here. And that's just everybody. So what ends up happening is you get thrown in this room and freaking people feel like they have to ask a question. Otherwise, they're not going to get the job. And they just keep effing asking questions. And 90% of the questions are unbearable. And they'll ask the same question five times over, just worded slightly different. And it's like, guys, if you don't have a good question, don't ask a question. Because I don't want to listen to your stupid questions. I must have heard six different tattoo questions about, oh, visible tattoos. Like, it got so bad to where a guy literally said, well, what if you're out one day and, like, maybe it's windy and maybe, like, uh, maybe it blows your shirt up or something and, and you see a tattoo. What happens? It's like, oh, God. Dude, tuck in your shirt. I don't know. F you. So, luckily, I got out of that room pretty quick. I was able to have my face-to-face. Um, palms were sweaty. Heartbeat was racing. But when I got in there, I felt good about it. And I, f- I felt like I did a really good job. Felt very comfortable in there. Had some really good interviewees uh, or interviewers. And uh, yeah, ended up getting offered the job. So that was, it was big. I got the job. When I went to um, take a pee for the drug test, um, I was having trouble peeing because I just peed before. They, they didn't tell me to wait. So I couldn't get any pee out. And um, 
you know, I had to drink crap tons of water and I finally was able to get pee out. But the girl that was up there, for some reason, I don't know why. It's like when you're in a room with somebody and you got nothing to talk about, I was just like, Bucket, why not ask? I was like, how did you get into this business? Because that was like her only job, was just taking pee samples. I'm like, how did you get this job? Like, what the freak did you have to do to be the woman that takes pee samples? Sorry, I'm curious. It's weird. What, that's, that's what you do every day? You go to work and just get pee? So she's like, I'm actually not working for Spirit. I'm contracted through another co- company and blah, blah, blah. And I'm here and I did this. And she's like, it's actually a long story. So she starts going into it. And uh, I don't know. She did this. She majored in this. Some like forensics is something that she was like interested in. But she's like, forensics ain't what you think it is, okay? You think it's going to be all this FBI crap. What you end up doing is you get put in a piss factory and you're taking piss samples your whole life. It's like, okay. Well, I'm glad I know that now. But um, she probably makes a fortune doing it. From what it sounded like, it sounded like she had to get her doctorate to get that job or something. Um, but anyway... Yeah, she was cool. Um, Big, but cool. And, uh, you know, I met some cool people throughout the interview. Met a lot of gay people. Met a lot of uh, older people. Met a woman who gave me some marriage advice. I mean, I'm talking, you just freaking, you'll talk about anything with these people. Whatever you got to do to have a conversation going, you doing it. Uh, But, yeah, one thing, like, there was a few little red flags that I thought I was going to be screwed on. One thing was I parked in the wrong area. And this whole little day, it's like a lot of it is, can you follow rules? Can you follow directions? And I parked in the wrong area. And they're like, if you parked in the wrong area, let me know so I can give you a pass so you don't get a ticket. And they were like, but I know none of y'all did that. Like, uh, y'all better not have done that. And I was like, uh, ma'am, I parked in the wrong area. And I thought that was it for me. I thought when that happened, it was done. But uh, sure enough, I don't know. I, I guess I made it. I, I think I did do a pretty good job. But um yeah, I got another interview coming up, so we'll see what happens. But for right now, it's Spirit Airlines, baby. Budget airline all the way, and I'm going to absolutely kill it. But uh, <laughs> we'll see. We will see. But that's going to be it for today's uh, podcast. Thank you for listening.